0: Rick
1: it, Rick it, Rick it. It down to business. I don't got to play around. this?
0: This is Wicket's World with Mike Wicket on 102.1 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. Well, a happy Friday to you. It's going to be an interesting weather weekend here in Des Moines, eh? Hot today and then thunderstorms tomorrow. Glad to be here with you. Baseball later tonight. Cubs are out west. We'll have the Cubs and the uh, are they playing the Giants out west? Is that what they got? Are the Padres out west? They're out west. They're playing tonight. You we'll catch that game tonight around 8 o'clock for the pregame right here on ESPN. Des Moines coming up. Going to get to a lot of football today. It seems strange, right? Like, it's June. Baseball season officially began when Memorial Day passed. Stanley Cup playoffs are allegedly still going on. Kira, can you confirm that they are still happening? Yeah, okay. Florida won, right? Didn't Florida get a game last night? Vegas up 2-1. They won game three. You're my hockey insider. This is what I, I need you for. Obviously, I've not been paying a lot of attention to the Stanley Cup playoffs, but it's Las Vegas and Florida. I mean, the league, you know the league wants New York, Chicago, Toronto, anybody in Canada, and we get Florida and Vegas. What do we got? Your mic's not on. There we go. Uh,
2: it is 2-1. Vegas is still in the lead, though.
0: Who would have thought Las Vegas, who got everybody's cast-offs like six years ago, is back in the Stanley Cup Finals for the second time in their franchise history? And they're going to win this thing, right? Like Florida's not going to, Vegas is better, right? Every every hockey fan I know, like all eight of them, have all told me that Vegas is better than Florida. And I'm not going to break down the Stanley Cup playoffs. NBA Finals tonight, game three. Check that game four. Nuggets up two to one. We'll talk about that a little bit. Also, we'll get to some Big Ten news when it comes to Big Ten football. We're 93 days away from the start of the NFL season, so we're like somewhere in the 80s for the beginning of the college football season. But the news isn't about this year. It's about next year and 2025 for the Big Ten. We'll get to all that coming up. But I'd like to um, officially do something here. I don't know if anybody has done it. Uh, As a Green Bay Packers fan... I would like to officially welcome the Minnesota Vikings and every Minnesota Viking fan to your rebuild. Welcome to the rebuild. Uh, The writing is obviously on the wall. It is plastered all over the wall. The Vikings know. The Minnesota Vikings know that they cannot afford to pay Dalvin Cook $14 million. And the Vikings know that they're not going to compete for a Super Bowl this year. Last year's 13 and 3 team was an absolute fraud of a 13 win team. 13 and 4, 13 and 3, whatever they were. Division champs got beat at home by Daniel Jones in the playoffs. Everybody knew last year, except for your Viking, even your Viking fan friend, the per- person who sleeps in their purple underwear when they go to bed. They probably wear that stupid helmet. I'm a Packers fan. They probably wear that stupid helmet. And they have like their own version of that horn. That's like what wakes them up. Even that Viking fan had to know that last year's team was not a Super Bowl team, regardless of their record. They gave up more points than they scored. And how do I know that they know? They've officially entered rebuild phase. In the last few weeks, and I talked about a little, little bit last week, but the big news in the National Football League has to do with more rebuild uh, stuff out of Minnesota. Of course, they they got rid of Adam Thielen, thirty three year old thirty three year old wide receiver Patrick Peterson, thirty three years old, gone. Linebacker Eric Kendricks, thirty one, gone. And then the big news that comes down yesterday into today. Dalvin Cook, done in Minnesota. Now, Dalvin's 27. And if this was pretty much any other position, you'd say, 27? How did they cut a 27-year-old player? But when you're a running back, and you've had as many carries and played in as many games as Dalvin Cook has, 27's pretty old. Now, you look at his numbers, Dalvin Cook in the last four years, 1,100 yards, 1,500 yards, 1,100 yards, 1,100 yards. Scored 13 touchdowns, 16 touchdowns, 6 touchdowns, 8 touchdowns on the ground. And Cook also is a dude that can catch the ball. He's had over 1,200 receiving yards the last four years. And he's had uh, five more touchdowns on the ground. I don't believe Dalvin Cook is expired. I think he's on hole 16 of an 18-hole NFL career, maybe hole 15. I don't think he has four good years left. I don't think he has three good years left. But I do think that Dalvin Cook has one to two real good years left. Now that, I don't know if it's officially happened, but we all know it's going to happen. Check my watch. We all know it's going to happen. Dalvin Cook's going to be released. Got a lot to say about this because it is officially rebuild time now because they got to pay their wide receiver, their quarterback's big contract is coming off the books, all those things. But Let's get some other opinions on Dalvin Cook, shall we? Like up in Score North, up in the Twin Cities, Judd Zolgad said, look, this move could have been made in March. Dalvin could have been traded clearly for something. That's my question going forward. Are you going to continue to try and overvalue players that you're going to dump, which was Cook, or are you going to now say next March, okay, you know what, fourth-round pick, we'll take that. That's, I think, the story from the Vikings' end here is what did Kwesi learn? Because he almost certainly now is going to get nothing when he could have gotten at least a little something. He definitely could have done something. But, you know, I got into a debate with somebody on, on Facebook about this. It's one thing to say, boy, they should have traded him. They should have moved him in March but you got to find a trade partner. It takes two to tango, all right? Everybody knows the same story about Dalvin Cook. He gave you one full season last year. He played in 17 games last year, first time in his NFL career that he's ever played in a full slate of games. He played in 17 regular season games last year. Before that, it was 13, 14, 14, 11. You don't usually get a full season out of Dalvin Cook, and he just had shoulder surgery five months ago. So everyone knows the book on Cook, not to rhyme, but I read a lot of Dr. Seuss to my kids, but everyone knows the book on Cook is his inability to stay healthy. And again, a 27-year-old running back who has had at least 250 carries, okay, how about this, 249, 249 carries in the last four years, that takes a lot of tread off the tires. So you 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 know that if you're a GM, everyone knows you want to dump his salary because $14 million At this point for Dalvin Cook is too much. Heck, you can make an argument. $14 million is too much for any running back in the National Football League. But $14 million for Dalvin Cook at 27 with that tread taken off the tires is far too much to even sacrifice a sixth-round pick. We know this. Why give up an asset if they're going to release Dalvin Cook and you can make your pitch to sign Dalvin Cook? Because he's going to get a contract Very quickly. Very, very quickly. More from Score North. They know Dalvin's still got a lot of talent left. Whether you knew you were re-signing Alexander Madison or not, who had interest at that time from Atlanta, from Denver, from Detroit. Like, there was no guarantee the Vikings were going to be able to re-sign Alexander Madison. But even so, there were other running backs still available on the market. In a pass-first offense, you just don't pay a running back this much money. So to me, missed opportunity by Quasey to make a trade in March. No doubt about that. Now, in the same breath, I will tell you, at 27 years old, coming off that shoulder reconstruction surgery in January, I feel like Dalvin Cook has at least one more really good year in him. I agree with that. And I think he's got a good year to be the featured back. Maybe two years left to be the featured back. And then you probably look at Dalvin Cook and say, okay, he's not going to want to quit. Nobody's going to want to quit at 29. But can he be a role player? Can he be a change of pace guy, a third down guy? I think Adrian Peterson probably held on a bit too long. He's still out there saying, hey, if anybody wants to sign me, I will go play for you. But now you look at what Minnesota has in the backfield. And everybody, anybody who plays fantasy football knows this. They just re-signed Alexander Madison. Alexander Madison was the ultimate handcuff. The best handcuff in football. It wasn't Dante Foreman in, uh, in, in Carolina handcuffing Christian McCaffrey. For like four years, three years, it's always been Alex Madison. Because you knew Cook was going to miss three games. Almost every year, you knew he was going to miss three games. So you draft, or you pick up, Alex Madison in round 15 or whatever and you stash him because you knew when you put him in there he was going to get you 100 yards and a touchdown he's a quality running back I don't know if Minnesota has I'm going to argue Minnesota has the worst backfield in the NFC North right now now they don't care they've got Justin Jefferson and they brought in TJ Hawkinson so they're going to fire the ball around with Kirk Cousins But if you look in that backfield, it's Alex Madison and who? I mean, when you're looking at Kene Wanwu, or Kene Wanwu, Iowa State, as a guy who's going to get significant carries, your backfield's not great. Wanwu, maybe the best return man in football, but not a great guy you're going to give the ball to 10, 12, 15 times and and get a ton of success. When you got Foreman and Herbert in Chicago, I think, God, who's David Montgomery now is in... uh, in detroit they drafted the kid gibbs out of alabama i don't even know who's left playing running back is deandre no he swifts in philly jamal williams went down to new orleans so it's going to be montgomery and gibbs the best running back in the the running back tandem in the division is in green bay it's aaron jones and uh aj Dillon, my guy what about rick spielman remember rick spielman the former gm they keep mentioning Quezzy. Kwezie. Quezzy's the new gm i cannot pronounce his last name so i'm not going to try to butcher it but rick spielman was the guy that actually acquired dalvin cook took him in the second round loves dalvin cook let's hear from the former vikings gm i drafted dalvin cook in the second round not only is he a phenomenal football player but he is a great leader in the locker room and someone that we tried to build our culture around when you watch him on the field he has excellent hands out of the backfield. He's an explosive playmaker. Once he gets the ball in his hands uh, for his size, he runs physical. He's always gaining extra yards after contact. He can make plays from anywhere on the field. And anyone who ends up with Dalvin Cook is going to get not only one heck of a football player, but a great leader in that locker room as well. I'll tell you what. Um, if you're watching on the video, what's up? Hello to Adam and Mike and Chris. Everybody else watching on the video right now on uh, Facebook. Rocking my Green Bay Packers hoodie. Bought this on Facebook Marketplace, by the way. I know. It's fancy. It's lined. <laughs> um, I am so happy to see Dalvin Cook off the Vikings. I am so excited that, to not have to watch Dalvin Cook run through the Packers defense because there are so many times where I would watch Vikings and Packers games. And there the, the nightmare of watching Packers linebackers and defensive backs and safeties trail Dalvin Cook all the way to the end zone. I never have to see that again. At least not in purple. Now, depending on where he winds up, Green Bay may wind up playing him again. He'll have some insights on how to attack the Packers defense. So where is he going to go? What does this mean for his future? I've got four opinions on four teams. Two of them are off-the-wall crazy, and two of them actually make some sense. We'll get to those next.
1: Wicket needs a timeout. He'll be back soon.
0: You're listening to 1021-FM and 1350 ESPN Des
2: Moines. She keeps them in a pretty cabinet. Kate, she says, just like Marie Antoinette, a building a for Kennedy.
0: Why Queen? Kira, why Queen? Nothing wrong with Queen. They're about to sell their rights to Disney or whoever doesn't own them or Universal for a billion dollars. All of the music. That's That's it right there. 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. My name is Mike Wickett. This is Wickett's World. Talking about Dalvin Cook, the biggest story in the NFL. I'll get to Frank Clark, too. That's big. We'll talk some Big Ten football as well uh, because there's some zaniness going on with the next two years of college football in the conference. And if you're listening to us here in Des Moines, you probably have some interest in the Big Ten. So Dalvin Cook got cut or will get cut. I don't know if it's officially happened, but it's going to happen. Saves $9 million for the Minnesota Vikings. They are officially in a rebuild. Cook gone, Thielen gone, Peterson gone, Eric Kendrick's gone, and they could still trade Daniil Hunter, although the Frank Clark to the Broncos news may squash that. We'll see. We'll see. So where is Delvin Cook going to wind up? Well, everybody seems to be talking about the Miami Dolphins, right? Miami, Miami, Miami. He's from there. On his Instagram page, when the word was coming down that it was going to be gone, there's a picture of Dalvin in his Vikings uniform on the field in Miami at Hard Rock Stadium. So that feels like it's the odds-on favorite. I'd have to check with the betting sites to see about that. But you are never going to get, because it would be called tampering. You can't talk about players that are signed by other teams until they become free agents. You can't talk about this. But you're never going to get Millennial head coach Mike McDaniel of the Dolphins talking about Dalvin Cook at this point.
1: March 3rd, 1983. Day I was born, right? Now we take a closer look at that date. And that, in fact, was not yesterday. Okay,
0: so people are rumored to be tall, short. People that are rumored to be, um, you're not, you're not going to get this guy. I'm here too, okay? Mike's a weird dude, but I kind of appreciate that. I do appreciate that out of Mike McDaniel. Mike McDaniel. Uh, dolphins have $13 million in cap room right now. Now they're not going to give all of that to Dalvin cook and contracts can always be restructured. And the NFL salary cap isn't real. And I don't know if all their rookies are signed yet. We don't, you know, all that, but right now Miami is sitting on $13 million in salary cap space. Would Dalvin cook go to Miami for, he was supposed to make 14. He probably knows his situation. Does he have a shot to win a Super Bowl? See, this goes back to, let me go to tangent here real quick. This goes back to the conversation we had last week about DeAndre Hopkins, and it's the same conversation that continues about DeAndre Hopkins and now Dalvin Cook. Cook signed a sixty-three million dollar contract back in twenty twenty for five years, a lot of that guaranteed. He's made about forty-five million dollars off that deal, right? So he's got 45 in the bank. Probably got a couple of mil when he was a second-round pick for over the first couple of years. So somewhere in the ballpark, Dalvin Cook's made $50 million. You and me, it's awesome. But is that enough for Dalvin Cook? Because we will find out with Dalvin Cook, just like we will find out with DeAndre Hopkins, what matters. What matters to him? Because if you want to go somewhere who has... Okay, if let's say he picks... The Indianapolis Colts. Now why would he go there? They already let, let's find a, a, better, a better option here. Let's say he goes to Arizona. All right. Arizona's got James Connor and. There's not a lot behind James Connor. He could get some serious, serious playing time in Arizona. The weather's nice. I don't know what their tax situation is like in Arizona, but the Cardinals have 24 million dollars in cap space. The dolphins have 13. So let's just say for bleeps and giggles. Arizona wants to give Dalvin Cook $12 million this year. Miami can't give Dalvin Cook twelve million of their remaining $13 million. They can't do that. You're not going to, because there are a lot of things that have to happen in the middle of the year. You sign players, you call guys up, guys get paid. I don't know if all their rookies are signed yet. So realistically, sitting at 13 mil, the most you could probably pay Dalvin Cook in Miami? Six? Seven million? restructure a few things, maybe to eight. Now, 8 million in Florida goes a lot further than 8 million in Arizona or 8 million in pick a state. There's no, there's no income tax down there. So, every game that he's played in Florida, so 8 or 9 of the 17, he doesn't have to pay a state income tax. When you go play in another state, you may not know this, but when you go play in another state, you have to pay state income tax to that state. So, when the Dolphins play at Lambeau in Wisconsin, Dalvin Cook's ch- agent or money guy writes the check to the state of Wisconsin and he has to pay taxes on that. It's a thing, but a lot of people don't realize that. That is why Florida is always an attractive place for these guys to go. Or Texas, I don't believe, has a state income tax. Uh, so that's why it's an attractive place for these guys to go and sign. Because when, I remember when Tyreek Hill got traded He had some control, seemingly, from all of his comments. He had control and say about where he was going to go play. When Tyreek Hill got traded from the Chiefs to the Dolphins, one of the other teams was the Jets. And he didn't want to go to New York because he didn't want to have to give away half his money because their tax rate is so high in New York. And you play those games in New York or New Jersey, as the case may be. Uh, You want to keep as much of your millions as you can. I mean, it makes sense, right? So Miami is a possibility, but maybe at six or seven million. What about the New York Jets? They've had a pretty, pretty big off season. I would say they brought in Aaron Rodgers. They brought in Aaron Rodgers' friends. They're being looked at as a team to be on HBO's Hard Knocks. Uh, what about the Jets? Head coach Robert Sala.
2: Um, it's uh, obviously we'll 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 turn the stones over on that one, but uh, again, that probably be more of a joke question. I'm not
0: sure how the money works on that. He's referring to Joe Douglas, the GM of the Jets. Uh, Jets have $23 million in cap space. They could give Dalvin Cook more. But again, this is the whole Tyreek Hill thing. Where does your money go further? Playing in Miami, where he's from, Florida, by the way. Dalvin's from Florida. Uh, Do you want to go down to Florida? Be warm most of your games. Have to make that occasional trip to New York, that occasional trip to Foxborough. maybe a trip to Buffalo, and play in the snow, but most of your games are played in warm weather. You keep all your money. Or do you want to go play for the Jets? Play with Aaron Rodgers. Brees Hall is there, getting a lot, hopefully coming back from an injury. And the Iowa State grad, you would think, is the primary ball carrier, but it wouldn't be bad to have Dalvin and Brees Hall. What a nice combo that would be. Whereas in Miami, Raheem Mostert's a nice player, he's fast. Jeff Wilson's a nice. RB3, rb nice, RB2 pickup in fantasy football, right? So he would be the lead dog in Miami, but he would be sack in banana or 1A in New York, which may not be all that bad for a guy who's got a pretty rich injury history, right? So then Pete Schrager, NFL Network. Guy's very smart. First guy I ever heard say Patrick Mahomes is going to be great after watching him in camp. First guy I ever heard blow the doors off the Mahomes hype. But Schrager threw this one out for Dalvin Cook. What if you
1: went? Out west. Los Angeles Rams. Uh, you could say, well, there's salary cap issues, and they're in a rebuilding mode. If we've learned anything from this guy, if there's a veteran player that they like, they will find a way to go get them. And that goes back years and years and years to the Akib Talib types, to the Marcus Peters types. Straight through to Jalen Ramsey and to Allen Robinson last year, to Bobby Wagner, when it made no sense with their salary cap, they still found a way to get the best linebacker of his generation into the Rams uniform. Now, this offseason, they were quiet, understandably so. They've kind of licked their wounds a bit. But I I think if Dalvin can join Cam Akers in that backfield and they can get that thing going, it's another piece to that offense. And I know Sean's not sleeping on just saying, hey, you know what? We got what we got. Let's not keep on you know, trying to build. I would be shocked
0: if he went out west. The Rams aren't ready to win. Dalvin Cook doesn't want to go anywhere. Okay, I take that back. Dalvin Cook shouldn't want to go anywhere that doesn't have a chance to win a Super Bowl. All right? And I realize that the Rams fans have... A lot of hope that Matt Stafford comes back and that elbow is fine and that he and Cooper Cup, who missed a lot of time last year with an ankle injury, that that combination can come back to being what it was the year they won the Super Bowl. But there's no guarantee of that. There's no I mean, the the, the Rams mortgaged their future to win a Super Bowl and it worked doesn't always work. So I can't see that happening and you want to talk about a real off-the-wall idea, listen to this one about Dalvin Cook's future from Pete Schrager.
1: What if the Giants uh-huh. saw Dalvin <laughs> Cook at uh-huh. $4 million, uh-huh. $5 million, maybe $6, 7000000 million, and they're looking at Saquon right now, and they're Go in on. this stalemate with Saquon, and he's on the franchise. What if they took Saquon off the franchise tag, let him be free, and brought in Dalvin Cook instead for half the price, and said, alright, Dalvin, same age, a couple years ago, obviously, and last year, Saquon was better, but numbers kind of similar in different running styles, but maybe Maybe Dalvin works too at half the price from Saquon, and if we're not going to get Saquon long term, maybe we can get.
0: Okay, all right. They're they're not going to get. Dalvin Cook is going to command twice what the Giants and the Rams have in cap space. Giants have four and a half billion. Rams have four point three. All right. So Dalvin's going to get more than whatever the Giants or Rams can offer as of right now. And I think there's a huge downgrade from Saquon Barkley at this point to Dalvin Cook at this point. Well, maybe not a huge downgrade. Maybe they're similar. I don't know. But the the fact is, if you're going to look at being in Miami with Tua, with Mike McDaniel, with all the weapons, with the speed, speed, speed they've got down there, you keep all of your money, you can be the feature back, you get to go home, and you get the most money on the table, it feels like Miami makes all the sense in the world for Dalvin Cook to go down there, be a Dolphin, that offense will just, I mean, I wouldn't want to be facing that. I definitely, the the difference is though, like if you go to Miami and everybody knows all the moves that are being made in the AFC and just how loaded the AFC is, you go to Miami, not only did you join a, a loaded conference with the Chiefs and the Bengals and maybe the Browns, but the Ravens and the Jags are on their way up and Sean Payton over there in Denver and what about, uh, Herbert and the Chargers. But your division is ridiculous. You could win nine games and not sniff a wild card. It, it, it could happen. I mean, they were, what are they, 6-0 and last year? I know Tua had all the concussions. Or they were 6-1 and or something like that last year. And then the season got derailed. But you're talking about, okay, New England sucks. But you're talking about Buffalo with Madden cover boy Josh Allen. You're talking about the Jets, who mortgage their future for Aaron Rodgers, but have an elite defense. And Miami, who, if Tua doesn't get hurt last year, probably contends for the AFC East. Another year for Tua, if he can stay healthy and not have his brain scrambled every other game. Another year for Mike McDaniel. Another year in this offense. I saw Tyreek Hill wants to shatter the receiving record in the NFL next year. Good luck with that. Dude talks a lot. That's good. I like it. So you got to wait. You got to factor all that in. But I think we all understand for Dalvin Cook, whether it's opportunity to carry the ball, climate, head coach, going home, not going home. I'm pretty certain that the answer is going to be money. And the only reason Miami's offer might be slightly less than somebody else's and he would take it, is the Florida income tax factor. Teams want to go down there. Players want to go down there, I should say. Players want to go to Florida where they don't have to give up half their money because it goes a lot further down there. So Dalvin Cook, done in Minnesota. The Vikings just saved $9 million off the cap. They're going to probably do the same thing with Kirk Cousins next year. This is putting money together. To try to be able to pay Justin Jefferson. That's what this really comes down to. So it's now Alex Madison's ball in the backfield. It's Cousins. It's going to be Jefferson. It's going to be Hawkinson. That defense is still going to be putrid. The Vikings are in a rebuild. And I'm guessing we'll finish third or maybe fourth in the NFC North. They probably will score too many points to be last in this division. But I think they come back down to earth. A couple of balls, a couple of ones. They won every one-score game in the, that they were in in the regular season last year. I think they come back down to earth. You're looking at second, probably third place for the Vikings this year. Coming up, another big move in the National Football League. I love it. It's June. Baseball season's going on, Stanley Cup, NBA, but football rules. Big move in the AFC West about a now former Kansas City Chief. That's next. Kira's choosing the music here today on Wickets World. Actually, like every every week you choose the music. Just me, just Nothing wrong with Prince. We just got done talking about Minnesota, purple. I get it. I get I see the tie in now. Thank you very much. I didn't I don't think Queen tied into that, but whatever. It's cool. It's fine. Um Coming up, I am telling you right now, my wife and I are gonna have to make a decision about who our musical prodigy is going to be quickly. Yeah, for financial reasons. We have to pick one. I'll tell you about that coming up. Big news also today or yesterday uh, that shifts, I don't want to say the balance of power, but it's a big name staying in the division, going to a rival, and that's Frank Clark, the defensive lineman formerly of the Kansas City Chiefs who spent the last four years in KC, had 10.5 sacks in 12 playoff games. I mean, that's a dude that shows up when he had a massive contract. Let me reverse there, back up here a bit. Back in 2019, I remember exactly where I was when this trade went down. I was uh, in Kansas City in the summer. I had not yet moved to Des Moines. That was happening a couple of months later. But I was in Kansas City sitting at a drive through ATM waiting to get cash out. And I was listening to the sports talk station down there. And they were just going crazy. Because Frank Clark and a third coming to Kansas City. The stud defensive lineman, the edge rusher, and a third-round pick coming to the Chiefs, and I gave up a first and a third, went back to Seattle. And then the number of dollars blew me away. Remember, this was 2019. This is not 2023. Five years, $105 million, $63 million guaranteed for Frank Clark. And the dude's a monster. Had 14 sacks the year before he got to Kansas City playing for the Seahawks had at least nine sacks in three straight years in Seattle and didn't miss a lot of time. I missed two games, one game. I'm sorry, missed one game the first couple of years in his entire NFL career, goes to Kansas City. And I remember the first year, I think that was Spagnolo's first year too, as the defensive coordinator in 2019 with the Chiefs. And I remember how slow Frank Clark started and how slow the defense started but as the the calendar turned and we got around halloween that chiefs defense became real good and a lot of it was because of chris jones but a lot of it was because chris uh, frank clark started playing like the guy they were giving 105 million dollars to he plays 4 years of his 5 year deal they win two super bowls i mean that's a pretty that's a pretty good run for a free agent that you picked up to win the super bowl like literally You couldn't keep up with Brady and company because you couldn't slow Brady and company down. You bring in a pass rusher. First year, you win a Super Bowl. Last year, you win another Super Bowl on the way out. It is is interesting that he only gets the one-year deal with the Denver Broncos, but he stays in the division, goes to play with Sean Payton, and now he'll be the one chasing around Patrick Mahomes. Now, he will be 30 in a week. So that's one of those, like, okay, I guess that kind of makes sense But you're not going to give... This guy, the mega deal. Now, he doesn't always show up in the regular season. Doesn't seemingly put his name in the box score 16, 17 games a year. But when you get to the playoffs, that's like Frank Clark time. Like, Curt Schilling was a really good pitcher for a, lot, a number of years in Major League Baseball. But when you got Curt Schilling in the playoffs, look out. Bloody sock and all. That dude was lights out. Or Jimmy Butler. People questioned Jimmy Butler's... Uh, desire to play basketball or his love for the game in October, November, December, all the way until playoff time. And then who shows up playoff, Jimmy and Hemi Butler's had a heck of a run right now. And tonight in game four, they're going to need Hemi Butler to do amazing things. Frank Clark's that same way. So he goes from Kansas city to Denver Here's ESPN's Marcus Spears. I like the move because in the AFC West, you got to have pass rushes. Mm-hmm. That's really what it boils down to in clutch moments. And when you talk about Frank Clark, um, R.C., and in those moments, he seems to always figure out a way to come up yeah. big. And if you're talking about closing out games or having opportunities, late in games, which we – Thought last year would be where all of these games came down to the fourth quarter. This is a welcomed addition by the Denver Broncos when you can get a guy on the field, maybe have fresh legs, maybe have a a rotational situation with him pass rushing as well, being able to come in with a lot of juice. So I like the move. He's a good player. Not not what we thought he would be to your point, R.C., but in those critical moments, you got to have guys that can get after the passer, and Frank Clark has proven that he can do that at those times. 12 postseason games for the Chiefs, 10 and a half sacks. Was he worth the 63 million guaranteed? Was he worth five at 105 and he only played four of those years? I don't know. The Chiefs got two Super Bowls. I don't know if they win those Super Bowls without Frank Clark. You know, that every the story is Patrick Mahomes, obviously. It's Patrick Mahomes, it's Travis Kelsey, it's Andy Reid, it was Tyreek Hill. But really. Once they ditched their old defensive coordinator, brought in Steve Spagnolo, made additions like Tyron Matthew and, and adding Frank Clark, and they moved Chris Jones around when Chris Jones became one of the best uh, defensive linemen in the National Football League. And uh, they, they made so many moves. Their, their GM, Brent Veach, did such a good job of assessing the needs. Like the offense with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes is never going to be an issue. Doesn't matter who the wide receivers are. Juju Smith-Schuster, Tyreek Hill, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, doesn't matter who they are. But when you add defensive pieces to just get the ball back to Mahomes a couple of times against Burrow, against Brady, or whoever, that's what was a, that was one of the key moves, and that's what you know, helped develop this team into a dynasty. They were always good, but the defensive additions they made made them really, really great. And there was an awards show down in Kansas City yesterday and uh, the GM, Brent Veach, spoke to Frank like hours beforehand. Hey, right before I got here, I um, I had a chance to reach out to Frank and I texted him. I said, hey, four years, four AFC championship games, um, you know, two Super Bowl wins. And, um, you know, what a great ride. Um Again, phenomenal person. Couldn't be happy for him. Unfortunately, it's the way things work sometimes where you got to move on and, and things are always difficult, but I um, love Frank. Um, he'll always have a, a special place um, in this organization, and what he was able to accomplish, especially in the postseason, uh, was truly phenomenal and wish him the best. Now, obviously, he's in Denver, so I'm not going to be a fan uh, uh, in regards to wanting to see him do well there or us, but just in general, I uh, love Frank as a person, and he's a great family man, and, and I'm happy for him. That's uh, the general manager of the Kansas City Chiefs, Brent Veach. The defensive coordinator, Steve Spagnuolo, was also there and said he's going to miss Frank Clark. I love Frank Clark. He, to me, and I tell him this all the time, I thought he had, still has the biggest heart of any human being I've ever known. People don't know a lot of that about him. He does things that people don't see for people that are less fortunate. So I'll miss that. i miss the personality. I'll miss a lot of it. Obviously, I'll miss him playing on the field. But we know it's a little different kind of business and things change. And, but I'll wish him the best. I wish we didn't have to play him twice a year. But sometimes it works out that way. But he'll be great. He'll keep going. And I'll wish him well in anything that he does. So he goes to the other side. He goes to one of the biggest rivals uh, that the Chiefs have, the Denver Broncos. Goes to play with Sean Payton. Now, they traded away Bradley Chubb. They got some picks for Chubb last year. Chubb's now in Miami, but he wanted to play with Randy Gregory. So NFL insider Jordan Schultz said this on the Pat McAfee show. This is a move that they make knowing that, as you said, they, they believe Denver does, that they're going to have a really good offense, and that Russell Wilson, who's lost significant weight, is going to deliver the goods with Sean Payton. Now you add to the defense, which obviously traded away Bradley Chubb, but they do have Nick Benito. They have some young pass rushers there. Now you add in a Frank Clark, who's had really good success, not only with Seattle, but obviously with Kansas City, and has had some postseason juice. So I like the move a lot, and I think it will help them. I think it's going to be good for Denver on the defensive side. I think, you know, one of the biggest storylines we're all waiting to see as a guy who called Russell Wilson completely washed last year. We are all waiting to see what Russ we're going to get. Are we going to get the Russell Wilson from Seattle who, for whatever reason, never got an MVP vote, even though we know what a fantastic player Russell Wilson was? Maybe just the marriage between he and Nathaniel Hackett was just a terrible marriage. Maybe Russ just didn't buy in. Maybe Russ, you just heard Jordan Schultz say right there, you just heard him say that Russell Wilson dropped a ton of weight. Was Russell Wilson overweight? I I didn't notice, but it was hard to watch Broncos games. So even though I'll watch pretty much any NFL game that's um, ever, I don't think I paid that much attention to how mobile Russell Wilson was. And we saw him working out on the plane, like a complete jackass doing like leg lifts on the way to London. Like that was really weird. So I, I it's still one of the most intriguing teams. They're the most intriguing team. I think to watch in that AFC West, I know what to expect out of the chargers. Herbert's going to play. Well, Staley's going to blow a couple of games with some terrible boneheaded calls. I think the chiefs are going to be great. I think the Raiders are going to suck. Um, But the Broncos, I don't know what to make of them because of the Sean Payton factor, right? Like, what can you you can't tell me you know what's going to happen with Sean Payton year one with Russ? Is Russ going to turn into what Drew Brees was at the you know near the end of his career, where everything is a is a dink and dunk, and that's why Michael Thomas's stats were so incredible that that you know what last two three years that Brees and Thomas were there before Michael Thomas got hurt. I think it's intriguing. They got a bunch of weapons over there. If Russ still has anything left like we saw back in the past, I think the Broncos are going to be very, very good. Um, you know, I picked him to win the division last year like an idiot. I have apologized, to Chiefs fans, profusely. I will never bet against Mahomes. I will never bet, bet against Andy Reid ever again. You're you're shaming me right now. Is that what you're doing, Kira? I probably deserve it. I I get it. So when we do our divisional picks next year, I'm I'm telling you, I'm taking the Chiefs. I'm not taking anybody else. In the AFC West. And I don't know if I'm going to take anybody in the AFC over Kansas City. That loaded conference that they have over there. So Frank Clark goes over to the Denver Broncos. Dalvin Cook's season is, his career, I should say, in Minnesota is over. The National Football League, even on a day when we have the NBA Finals, sandwiched in between Stanley Cup Finals. Baseball season is actually for real now. That Memorial Day has passed. It is still always the NFL. Coming up on the other side, we got to get to two things. First of all... The new Big Ten football scheduling announcement, I guess, that came down yesterday. They're getting rid of divisions. We'll talk about that. And I have to pick my child musical prodigy ASAP for financial reasons. We'll do that next. Wicket needs a timeout. He'll be back soon.
2: You're listening to 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines.
0: 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. My name is Mike Wickett. This is Wickett's World. What's up? So, um, get to my kids and why I have to pick a musical prodigy ASAP faster than you probably would have expected me to need to do so. I got to get that done. Is my battery going to die on this thing? I have 19%. We're good, right? Yeah, we're fine. Computer's fine. i never plugged it in. So, um, if you're a Big Ten football fan, and if you're listening to us in Des Moines, there's a real good shot you are. If you're streaming, streaming uh, the show online, hello to you. But the Big Ten, which has 14 teams in it, remember, is about to add two more. Not this year, but next. And there's nothing more traditional Big Ten than two schools from Los Angeles, right? We've got Minnesota, Iowa, Wisconsin, Michigan, Ohio, Indiana, Illinois, we added Pennsylvania. That was still weird to me. And, and Jersey, which, does whatever. But now we're going to add, and Nebraska. But now we're going to add two from California. Super weird. I, I grew up a Big Ten guy. I'm originally from Michigan. All right? I root for the Wolverines. And we're going to be watching all your Big Ten teams. Purdue. Ohio State. Michigan. Michigan State. Take on UCLA and USC next season, not this season, next season in 2024. So I always thought, because you have seven and seven right now in the two divisions, I always thought just like kick Iowa to the, kick somebody to the East and then have UCLA and USC join the West, right? Like that made the most easiest, cleanest sense, but, and we'll see if this works. They have decided to ditch the divisions. There will no longer be East and West in the Big Ten. And they've worked this out where everybody is going to basically play everybody twice over a four-year span. You know, it's kind of weird. Like, Iowa just played at Ohio State this year for the first time since 2017. And before that, it was 2013. So they're trying to make everybody's trips to and from each Big Ten school a little bit more regular, which is cool, which I, I'm, I'm fine with that. And now, because there are no longer going to be any uh, divisions, it's just the top two teams that will play in the Big Ten championship game. Now, I don't know how tiebreakers are going to work. I think there's going to be a mess somehow in there where the third-place team at some point We'll have an argument because they beat this team, but they lost to this team, but didn't lose to that team. And then the point differential is going to make everything up and it's going to get weird. But starting next year, so a year from now, we'll definitely be talking about this. But starting next year, there will be no Big Ten East and no Big Ten West. Two teams with the best record could play or will play in the Big Ten Championship. And yes, that means Michigan and Ohio State could play Twice in a row. They could play two weeks in a row. It can happen. It's fine. You know, I I guess. If you're a traditionalist like me, that kind of feels gross and creepy and something you don't want to get down with. What I also thought was interesting, too, is, and this is, you know, this makes sense. There's some protected opponents. All right. Schools can block up to, or protect, I guess is a better term, schools can protect up to three teams that they will play every single year. For example, Michigan will always play, every year, Michigan State and Ohio State. They will always play that, all right? Iowa, they check three boxes. Every year, Iowa will always play, even without divisions, Minnesota, Nebraska, Wisconsin. Wisconsin the three best rivalries they got. That's great. That's what they should do. So you got those three, the Hawk game. You know, you have four games that mean more than just football uh, for the Hawkeyes. Uh, Like Illinois is always going to play against Northwestern and Purdue. Rutgers and Maryland, who cares? UCLA is always going to play USC. They haven't developed a rivalry with anyone yet. That makes sense. Uh, Ohio State will only, has only dotted Michigan. All right. Whereas Penn State doesn't have anybody. They don't have anybody that they're always going to play. They've only been in the Big Ten since 95, so it's not like they've got a huge rivalry with anybody outside of Michigan State. So you're going to have those games that are going to be protected. But here comes USC, here comes UCLA, and it all starts next year. But Iowa, again, will be protected their game against Minnesota for the Floyd of Rosedale, uh, Wisconsin for the Heartland, Heartland Trophy, and Nebraska, the Heroes Trophy. In case you're wondering about your school, I'll post this up on the ESPN Des Moines Facebook page, and you can see, if you're a Nebraska fan, who they're protecting. It's, where's Nebraska? my chart here. One, Iowa. That's it. It's the only game they're protecting. They'll always play Iowa. Everything else is fair game uh, for Nebraska. But I'll put that up on the ESPN Des Moines Facebook page. So, Kira, I got about, what, seven minutes left here? Something like that? You are... Are, are you... Would you classify yourself, Kira, as a... Musical genius? No. How would you a musical Lord, prodigy? No. How Lord, you you no. create music? You design music. For those that don't know, how would you classify your expertise in music?
2: Uh, casual. Okay. I studied it in school. Where'd you go? Uh, Truman State University. Woohoo! Go Bulldogs!
0: Home of the Bulldogs. <laughs> and what did you study there?
2: Uh, I have a BA in music and liberal arts which basically just means I took a lot of music theory classes. Okay.
0: And what are you doing at a sports talk station?
2: Uh I don't
0: know. <laughs> well, I have to I have the uh, the task right now. I have to figure out which of my three kids, and currently they are 3, 3 and 4. Okay. So, I have to figure out which of them is the Kira, is the musical savant oh. in my in my in my, my crew right now. Okay. Because we went to School of Rock this week
2: oh. out in West
0: Des Moines. Ooh. All right. Very cool. We wanted to take a tour. They do an intro class for young kids to see if anybody has any interest in it. You know, mm-hmm. can they do this? Nice. And keep a rhythm. Can they? And so we go there and the GM, her name is Rachel. She's awesome. Takes them into this room and there's windows so we could watch. But she's like, like I walk in and they're like, come here, kids. And she says to me. <laughs> you know the parents don't usually sit in for this part okay. Uh, okay. okay okay I can take a hint so I go sit in the waiting room with my wife and they're in there and if you've never been to school of rock it's a it's it's like a giant building where they teach your kids how to play guitar bass drums I'm sure there's something else in there that i a keyboard probably I don't know don't take my word for it and so we we sit there and we get done and the kids all had a blast and we put them in the van I go back in I said So what did you do? And they were telling me, like, they do things like I play a rhythm and then the kid plays it back and then the kid plays a rhythm and another kid plays it back and that kind of thing. And I was like, okay, how much does this cost? Mm -hmm. What's the price? Because everything we do gets tripled. It has to, Mm -hmm. like, we can't just do one because for one kid per month, four, four lessons in a month, it's 140 (laughs) bucks. That's not bad. Like, it's fine. Uh It's not bad for one.
2: Mm. but for three <laughs> that's 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 it there for it three, is three
0: it's a mortgage payment all right it's a car payment for a mercedes and i don't have a mercedes all right <laughs> so i was like oh man we gotta did we so you go ask them the kids and you're like did you like it yeah and then we get home and they just start banging on everything <laughs> do you know how loud a lincoln logs can is oh yeah. They're metal. They look like a trash can. The kids are like, I want to play Lincoln Logs, and I'm like, awesome.
2: You let's, get a, let's you, build. You get a free Stomp show. Right? Yeah, it's in great. Your Living room.
0: <laughs> it's awesome. I'm thinking we're gonna build a house. We're gonna build a log cabin. No, they dump, <laughs> they dump the, the Lincoln Logs out, and they grab the two longest Lincoln Logs that, that that come in the set, and they all just start bang bang bang. They just start w- just hammering the Lincoln Logs thing because they just got done with music class where they were applauded and cheered and encouraged <laughs> to do the same thing on the little drum pads that aren't nearly as loud so i have to figure out for financial reasons because i love the place the the the, the staff was really cool it looked great there was a kid in one of the drum rooms rocking out to journey you could hear it coming through the wall i was like this is great but i don't know if i can do 140 a month for 3 kids mm-hmm. you know all of a sudden what's that 280 a month. Mm -hmm. I love you, School of Rock, but I don't know if I can pull that off. (laughs) But I would like to pick one. So I may have to have you come over, Kira, and choose which one is going to be the next Lars. Who's going to (laughs) be the next... Neil Peart. Who's going to be the next drummer from Rush? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I have to figure out where my Anthony Kiedis is. Who's my Flea? You know, who, what is, is it one of the girls? Is it going to be Taylor Mobson? Is it going to be, uh, Nita Strauss, you know, uh, uh, Alice Cooper's guitarist. Oh yeah. I got to figure this out. So can you come over and assess my children and see which of them (laughs) at three, three and four, we should just push and push hard into the world of rock music. Wicked. Yeah. Can I
2: pitch something to you? What?
0: (laughs) Yes. Live on the air. Yeah. Go ahead. This'll be great. My wife's probably listening. It's fine.
2: Uh, Instead of paying four hundred twenty dollars a month, right? Why don't you just buy three drum pads and three pairs of sticks, which will probably cost you closer to sixty to a hundred? And I can come over and teach your kids <laughs> how to bang on stuff. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right, maybe that's maybe that's the answer. Maybe that's it. Are you an accredited music teacher?
2: Uh, What's Accredited, really? Uh, <laughs> what's what's accredited nowadays?
0: <laughs> it's it's like they go to swim class right now. They go to swim. Oh, the twins are going to they're three and three. They go to swim class over at Giggles and Goggles in West Des Moines, and All I right. it's it's adorable. I really hope that Giggles and Goggles has instructors who are whatever swimming's version of accredited actually is. Now I realize teaching drumming isn't quite like teaching swimming. Like it's not like, oh, you screwed up drumming the beat. You're going to die. You know, <laughs> you're going to drown. But all right. I may take you up on that. Can you tune a piano?
2: That I can't do. I would love to learn how.
0: We have a piano I right now. I would
2: literally love to learn how.
0: you want to come over and practice tuning our <laughs> piano? I don't have any idea how you do that. You, uh, can. you
2: actually need like a special toolkit.
0: Can I get it on Facebook Marketplace? Probably. Actually.
2: <laughs> Probably could. All
0: right. That's it. We're done. We'll do it again coming up next week. Cubs baseball tonight out west. It's the Cubs and either the Giants or Padres. I don't have the schedule in front of me. All right. Thank you for listening. Thanks to Kira for keeping us on the air. My name is Mike Wicket. This has been Wicket's World. Thanks for listening to 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines.
1: Hey,